Welcome, welcome everybody to a special episode of Shoots and Ladders. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host Jen. Hey. And if you read in the notes, and if you're starting to listen right now, this is a special episode because we are discussing Season 2, Episode 1 of the Stars Original Programming Channel Show. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how exactly Are you, that. I'm like, are you okay? Yes, I, I, had, a, I had a Mitch McConnell moment. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) So what we're doing and what we're going to be doing is we may be putting this on its own feed. Otherwise, it's going to drop here. But as you guys are aware, we do enjoy um, rewatching wrestling. And if you're here and you're listening, you also enjoy that on this feed. We are watching wrestling from give or take 30 years ago. Um, We're a little bit behind at the moment, but we're working on catching up. But part of all of that and part of watching wrestling and the joy of it is discovering kind of the things that go on behind the scenes, right? So in order to really, really, really enjoy the product and kind of be able to talk about it in public, this show really captures what you need to kind of be able to do and how to navigate and talk to people, right? So the idea of the show Heels, which we'll be covering season one as well, but the idea of the show Heels is a small town promotion Um or kind of thrust into the middle of what's going on. And it's really a kind of a Cain and Abel show uh, with two brothers who are trying to take over and pick up the pieces of their life after the tragic passing of their father, or at least that's what it originally says in the uh, kind of top there of the like first description of the first episode. But when you're watching it, it brings you in with the other people that are there, uh, the other characters, they casually talk about things like kayfabe and heels and faces and turns. And this episode that we're going to be getting into tonight is 10 Bell Salute. It it gives you some of the things you need to, to kind of know. The jargon. The jargon and also just the antics that you need to know if you really do want to watch it. Not just for the product that you see in front of you that's entertaining, like what we talk about on our 30-year rewatch, but also if you just want to kind of watch and see um, who these people are kind of outside the ring. Um, Everybody's obviously a person. Um, We're not AI yet uh, doing wrestling, which I don't even know how that will work, but that'd be ridiculous. Can you imagine like a promotion if all they did was just like use AI? They're like, chat GPT, write me winners and losers of matches and finishes. That'd be wild. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of what's going on in Hollywood, at least, that they're trying to... But for now, we... Have you seen some of the art? Like, I saw this AI-generated, like, Olympic poster, and okay. this Olympian had, like, two torsos and four heads. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I looking the at? The entire, like, opening credits, apparently, of the Secret Invasion show on Disney Plus for Marvel is all in AI, like, AI-generated. Oh, I can And, like, they admitted to it. Yeah, I hate so, like, that. all the art and stuff. I hate that. But having said that... At least wrestling, and at least in in its purest form that they're showing you here, which is a local promotion. People from the town coming out to see it and coming out every Sunday to enjoy it. It's done by real people. So for now, if you have not seen anything about heels, spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling a lot of what we've seen of heels, which is all of season one I think any, and this episode of any, season two. I think any podcast that is a rewatch or a recap is, you know gonna have some spoilers yeah, like just go back if you haven't seen any go back to season one episode one. you know i will say though i have listened to podcasts hear me out where it's like <laughs> movies or things that i kind of don't necessarily want to see um but i just kind of stick around because i like the people so if that's you and you're sticking around because you want to listen to this um this is actually 
this episode, believe it or not, is a good, almost kind of starting point, weirdly, um, because a lot of it is flashback heavy, which we're going to get into. About three quarters of the episode is flashback heavy, but really sets the groundwork for a lot of the stuff that, at least on the first go through of Heel Season 1, I had a lot of questions about. Yeah, I would say that's true. You could just watch this. You don't have to watch Season 1, Episode 1, but some of the stuff that happens or that you, like... I think the interesting or the aha moments about it are because you're like, oh, that's why we thought this mm-hmm. in the last season or that's why this happened. So you'll kind of miss out on that. But other than that, I mean, yeah, you, you're right. You could you would understand what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, again, the good part about the show, I think, and especially and hopefully the show gets picked up and it keeps going. You know, right now, I think we're probably guaranteed somewhere around like 16 episodes. I don't know exactly how many episodes this second season run, but the first one was eight. So, I mean, hopefully the show keeps going because what it does do or what it is doing is it, it, it is it's telling these multiple stories, but it's also um, doing it in, a, in true kind of wrestling fashion as well. True heel fashion as well in that these stories kind of you just jump in and and you you pick through the story and you can see the stories that are going on in the ring and you kind of know how you want them to end um but then when they do when something wild does happen it does make things kind of change on you mm-hmm. and it does make it rewatchable because you go back and go how did we how did that happen or how did this happen or, or what happened here so having said all that we're going to be diving into heels season two episode one ten bell salute mm-hmm. so I think the way we're going to try this, at least for now, again, we'll wait for any feedback that we get, but we're going to kind of go through um, most of the scenes, talk a little bit about what happened, um, little little big picture, and then kind of dive into some of the things as they come up. Does that sound about fair? Yeah. I don't want to do like a quick recap and then go back into it. I think we just No, do I it. think we just kind of yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like overkill. Yeah. So we open here with... This episode basically continuing right where we had left off on the cliffhanger season finale. So the season finale of Heels culminates with Jack admitting to Ace that he did, in fact, um, stock the entire arena with Kleenex, with tissues. So basically he is admitting to his brother that one of the lowest moments of your life, yeah, I fucking did that. Yeah, right. and that was like episode two or three of, ep- of season one. That happened episode two because episode okay. episode one of Heels. Season one. So season one, is... episode one is focusing on Ace getting a big break. Now, Ace had only been wrestling apparently 10 months, but he was going to get a big break from Wild Bill. Mm-hmm. Now, the only things we know at that point is that Wild Bill is a character that was a, was a Duffy Hall of Famer. So he's from Duffy, Georgia, from this promotion. And he made it all the way up to New York, which New York is, you know, we're using that as a, an, you know, that's a placeholder for the WWE, it would appear. Right. So he made it up there and made it successful and then ended up you know, kind of retiring because his ring days were past him a little bit. And he's kind of an ambassador. So one of the one of their legends that's an ambassador. So he's coming back on a quote unquote scouting trip to check out Ace. Now, Ace is the son of Tom Spade, who was the king of spades, who we are told had recently died due to suicide. And so this is all episode one now I'm talking about because the context I feel like matters because it, it goes back to where we were. So Ace um, was supposed to get his big break. And part of that big break is Jack was supposed to, you know, help him put together a good match. But Jack being angry at his brother in that first episode immediately puts him in, in a hold, like in, in an arm bar. And it's a real arm bar. 
So he has to actually tap out and he's physically hurting him and he cries. So in order to get Ace and move his story along later on in the next episode, we find out now, or we find out as the season goes on, that Jack actually stocked the arena with tissues to throw at Ace in the next episode when Ace comes out which is a really low point for Ace, because all Ace really seemed to care about after the passing of his dad, which we learned in this episode, was just kind of being happy. He just wanted people to like him. him. He wanted people to like him, and he wanted to be happy, and he'd gone through such a traumatic event. He did not want to be a heel. He He didn't want to be a heel, wanted to be a face always, and when he agreed to come back, he wanted to be a face. So when his brother tells him, maybe five minutes before, you know, in screen time, before we get to this moment now that we're going to talk about where it opens. Like on a ladder... On while, a ladder. While more people are throwing Kleenex into the ring. Yep. Again. Again. That this time was not brought It was not him. No, but it, not. he did do it the first time. And he had an opportunity to come clean with him when they were driving back from Florida in the, you know, episode two uh, episodes before this. So it would be episode seven. And again, we're going to go through all this uh, as we talk about that all That was of the it. time. That was really the time. It seemed like, I feel like Ace would have forgiven him if he told him then. I don't know if he would have forgiven him. I don't know what would have happened. But I mean, at I least don't think he would have reacted to, like this. I don't think he would have reacted like this. So Ace literally beats the shit out of him. And meanwhile, Wild Bill, who had saved the promotion after Ace had um, broken another wrestler's leg in the ring for real, Bobby Pin. While Bill um, is on the side of the ring because he had shit himself because he took too much drugs and he can't get up to help do the finishing spot with Ace. So Ace is supposed to win the title. Jack is taking over his spot. Jack admits this thing to him. Ace beats the shit out of him. Nobody's going up to get the belt because Ace doesn't care. Ace is literally murdering him. And who steps in, Jen? Who jumps in to help? Um... Bunny Bombshell, a.k.a. Crystal. So Crystal would have been a character that she, at least the first season, she was kind of the, like an audience avatar almost. She was... She was Ace's valet. Ace's valet, but a real big, you could tell, real big fangirl. Real, real, and was somehow always around the brothers in the most important times that we were also there. So when you rewatch it, you can really see if you're looking... She's there at all these really pivotal moments. Um, she showed up to Jack's house multiple times in the middle of the night to try to say, hey, Ace is in crisis and come help Ace. And she mentioned to Ace that she always knew at one point she'd get with him and all these other things. And they were sleeping together, but not like on an official uh, basis, kind of as more casual and like a, you know, wrestling ballet and, and wrestler kind well, of Well, I think to him it was casual and to her it, it was, was more serious. not casual at all. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, and But also she was tied to ace and again we'll get into this in a little bit of speculation at the, at the back end but it's possible too you know talking talking this this part out with you as well that you know that could have been why willie was so um up her ass all the time about her being a valet and not supposed to be around them and not supposed to you know not really a wrestler because you know we find out that willie was also yeah. Well, we could, yeah we'll get into that so that's something we get into later yeah. but having said all of that and kind of brought you up to speed in about eight minutes Ace is beating the shit out of Jack. Crystal, aka Bonnie Bombshell, runs up the ladder, takes the belt. She's there now as Wild Bill's valet. Which, honestly, if you're listening to this, you probably know all of it. You know but, all this. But, yeah. I mean, it's important just kind of context if you're not. If you're just waiting in, like, hmm, what, yeah. is, this, what is this for me to watch? But she runs in because now Ace can't really take the belt because he's being booed. He's getting Kleenex th- thrown at him. He's clearly mm-hmm. not the face that, ever, that they want him to be for the, the belt holder. Um, it's kind of over, so 
What are they going to do? They they screwed over Jack by basically have you know Charlie Gully who runs a rival promotion. Shout out Michael Malley, um, one of the creators of the show. He runs a rival promotion, and he came up with the idea from Rooster, who's an important character and a wrestler that now wrestles for his promotion, told him he's got to beat Jack at his own game, which was basically having the crowd chant for Jack in that moment and want Jack to win. Because ultimately, when you're watching live wrestling, and even when you're watching it at home, you have a subconscious, the storytelling subconsciously nudges you in a direction for who the author of the story is. Like, that's who you want to win, right? So in this case, they kind of hijacked the crowd to make it be that they wanted Jack to win, which was not the finish that they had planned. They wanted Ace to win, and they wanted Ace to, from the onset of the match, to make him be a face. So make make the crowd love him, and that's what they wanted, and that's not what happened. It got hijacked, and then Ace really snapped. Beats the shit out of Jack. Crystal takes over. She's got the title. So our opening scene is Ace actually storming out. Um, he's leaving in, in his vehicle as fast as he possibly can, almost gets into a fight with a random person that's there and just kind of storms out. Yells at Big Jim, storms out. We then go into our locker room scene. So we're in a locker room scene. I had a couple things written down. First of all, the wonderful gimmick of <laughs> Dad Guy. He's there in the background. So I had written down that Dad Guy's there. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> That's awesome. So this show kind of has two different beats. It has a beat with the supporting characters and the wrestlers um, that all kind of do... If, you, if you've watched any of the kind of, um, you know, the, the any interviews with any wrestlers, I'm not going to say B-level wrestlers because that's not right to anybody, but, you know, there's this superstar echelon of wrestlers and the guys that kind of, you know, as we know, the Shawn Michaels of the world, these people that are, and Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart, these guys that were at the top that we all know and that had a lot of creative control in the top level. Then there's that soup of all the other guys that are there that are actually doing a lot of the work as well in order to make the fans, you know, kind of love them. And so this show kind of does a great job of showing Jack, who's running the promotion, and at the top setting up all the matches, and then also the other guys in the locker room. So Crystal's kind of part of the, that group of the other guys with Big Jim, uh, Bobby Penn, uh, who did you say? Diego was there in this episode, right? They were all there together celebrating. And like I said, dad guy, <laughs> whose gimmick was I'm just like a dad. Uh, wrestling dad, uh, dad guy. So they're all there so together fun. celebrating Crystal's win. This is she had no idea going into this. This was that was completely off script. She went off script in order to win. Constance. Now, I had down here she was extra thirsty. So Jack is looking for Ace everywhere, trying to find his brother, trying mm -hmm. to make amends, trying to do what he's supposed to do and take care of him. Is met backstage by the organizers of the event so this event took place at the georgia state fair and it was the biggest event in the duffy wrestling league's history up to this point jack is busy looking and he gets kind of bumped into by the organizers of the event one of them her name is constance and i had just down she was so fucking thirsty for wild bill she's like oh, yeah. where is wild yes, bill she yes, literally yes. says where's wild bill Anything else that you kind of took from the, these first couple scenes, this locker room stuff? I know I'm talking no, a little bit I here, but I want to make sure I give you some of my... literally had that Constance was thirsty for a while. Though. I literally wrote, someone is thirsty. Constance. <laughs> <laughs> so, we then cut to the outside. So, as we mentioned before, Charlie Gully is part of a... It's played by Michael Malley. is part of a rival wrestling promotion. We don't really know all the details yet, but the way the show has been unspooling stuff, I'm sure we'll get more about how he became... The way he really kind of became, but he's part of a league called Florida, Florida, 
was it Florida Dystopian Wrestling League? Is it Dystopian Wrestling? Mm-hmm. The FDL, right? Yeah, Isn't it Florida, Florida Dystopian, Dystopian League? League. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Florida Dystopian League. So he immediately cuts a promo outside with some of his guys, <sighs> which is really good, like for his Instagram followers, where it's basically, you know, he's just basically goes into anyone can win, put on your bunny ears, and the valet can win, and Jack Spade sucks, and the fucking valet wins. And he's guy surrounded by a lot of yes men who are like, that's a great promo. It. On first watch, I thought it was a good promo. I was like, that's good. And then on the second one, I'm like, ah, it's a little cringe. Like, who I cares? Think, you know? Like, who cares? I think it's going to go over, though. I actually do. I Well, it'll definitely go over with his people. Because if you're into the Florida yeah, dystopian Yeah, but he has league, a bigger league. You know what I mean? I don't know if he necessarily has a bigger league. I think what he has is more money. And so at the I moment... he's in a bigger city. I think he can travel. I think he, he scouts people. Like, Jack is in Duffy... And that's where Jack and his league are. You know what I mean? Like, he seems bigger, like, for sure. I, I don't know. But I think, and I, I already know kind of where this season goes a little, because you can, it's not a lot. Like, I don't, it's not like, we're not members of press or anything. We don't have screeners. We haven't seen it. But some of the stuff, like, on the internet of, like, where the kind of trajectory of the season is, is that, like, they're going to, last season, Jack finds a whole bunch of tapes. And they're going to take those tapes and try to... And, and he mentions multiple times about how they're trying to get an internet presence and and sell that to someone to go streaming. Right. So I think that that's where that's going to kind of go. And if you're familiar and if, you, if you know, you're here on this and you're still listening, on our um, Rewatch podcast, we're watching everything on Peacock, right? So what is on Peacock? You get the actual original WWE stuff, but... They have WCW's catalog. They have all these other wrestling yeah, promotions everything. catalogs. So yeah. there's tons of different promotions catalogs. So it's possible that that's something that they're looking to do, right? Like maybe sell it to a streaming service because that's what it appears that they're trying to do. So having said that, um, it's possible that Florida Dystopian just like puts on better house shows or better things. I mean, they mentioned that the arena might be better, that the, the Duffy Dome might be a better arena. I don't really know because um, they don't haven't really... Un- unspooled all of that part what we do know is that michael malley's character is filthy rich as a fuck ton as fuck you money yeah he's flying around a helicopter yeah doing all sorts of wild shit has these wild parties and his shows definitely look highly produced so i would say that they're definitely have more money but um one thing that i did see in this scene that i thought was extremely important when michael malley tells him put away your fucking android um, put away your Android with your like three green bubbles. Oh yeah, with your with your blue text <laughs> with, bubbles. With, with your green text bubbles, and I just yeah, thought to myself, yeah, subtle way to be like villains because villains always use androids. Oh, that's really funny. Yep. So I kind of took it like that, where I was like, oh, well, I mean, the other android. guy clearly had an iPhone, but that is yes, really funny. But I just thought it was funny where they're like, that guy's a villain because he uses Android. Also, it's like. like thing. No shade if you have an Android, but no. also like a little bit of shade if you're on a text thread with your friends because, yeah. And what I just dropped, you can, <laughs> you can Google. It's like kind of a like Hollywood folklore where like basically allegedly, 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 Apple won't let people who have an Android an and uh, an iPhone be like villains. So it's yeah. like a whole thing that you can like watch, like how true or not true for every single thing it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you know, he makes this joke here, but allegedly they can't use it. But I, I didn't even take it like that. That's really funny. I just thought it was silly. Like that does annoy everybody. But I thought also, it was a silly comment, fine. but then I was also like, well, you guys are villains. So that's why you would have Android. But again, I, I maybe we're looking into too much, you know, all this stuff too much. Um, 
Next, we're back in the locker room, but this time we're in the hallway. So Bills in fresh gym shorts. Go for it, Jen. Would, oh, would that's you it. I just wanted this? to just mention that he's in fresh basketball shorts. He <laughs> finally meets Constance. And he tells, Constance said she was extremely concerned about his, uh, his situation, but she really loved the special effects of him shitting himself, to which he responded, and I quote, um, <laughs> he has full control over every single part of his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which Constance, I'm sure, who's thirsty after him, um, the reason Bill's down here is because Bill got really pissed off about, like, a, and this is maybe episode four or five. He got pissed off that they were creating a belt that was like some sort of LED light-up trick belt that was like kind of a toy belt that they were going to put out and market that they asked him to sign off on. So he got pissed off on it. Essentially the WWE. They didn't say that. Right. Yeah. But this like kind of belt for kids and he was more pissed because of like how, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears that people put in for these belts and how important they were and how he felt that they were just like degrading it. And so he went in... Got fucked up, went in on an airplane, and came out with nothing but the belt on mm-hmm. and his um, giant helicopter penis, which we're pretty certain Constance was thirsting for, even though he did actually mm-hmm. shit himself. <laughs> in that scene, we had Jack and Bill talking to each other. Again, Jack looking for Ace, because that's what we're doing in the present time. Jack's looking for Ace. We then have a quick shot of Crystal flexing with the belt, which I thought was really cute because the belt so doesn't cute. fit So cute. It like her. fell down. It doesn't fit yeah, her. Yeah. It doesn't fit her at all yeah, because she's so t- so small. Super cute. Scene. And she's just kind of flexing. Like, and she's like just I so did. happy. Yeah. And we'll see here the origins of kind of Crystal with the DWL in this episode because this episode does, it, 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 it gives us about, in like character time, four or five hours, let's say, of the present. And then a lot of it's in the past. So we'll see more of Crystal. But Crystal's arc has really been, she's been the heart and soul of the show. Because she's seen the best in Ace and the best in Jack and wants nothing but the best for the league. And you see kind of where all that comes from with her, you know, kind of wonderment in this episode too. When they're doing the uh, salute for King Spade. So... Pretty cool to see her get her, get get a win. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, she had been kicked out, basically, um, for going off script, which it's kind of funny when you learn that, like, it, it would appear that Tom Spade went, there really wasn't a script. So, like, Jack's dad, the king of spades, Tom Spade, it didn't appear that he went by a lot of script from what the guy said, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of weird to then think that Jack is such a control freak. Well, I think it's more because it was with his brother... And she, uh, you know, that's but, it had it had to do with his brother, not about. But in that scene, up. as Willie said, she did say she was like, "But I saw Ace break his leg." Like she didn't do it. Like no, I think. But he was looking to get. He just didn't want her around anyway because, she was making. He, you know, because his because she he felt like she broke his brother's heart, right? Right. And except he just is trying to protect Ace in whatever weird way he's trying to protect Ace. And that's why. It had nothing to do with But except meanwhile, Ace is, Ace is a shithead. And Jack's a terrible businessman. Because he should... First of all, he should have seen that Rooster was good at wrestling. And should have really given him a chance. And second of all, he should have seen, you know, how good Crystal was. Which he just didn't want to accept it. Because he's so focused on the original promise he makes in this episode. Which we see was about a year earlier. Mm-hmm. To his brother. About how the two of them are going to do it together. Yeah. So, now, Jack walks out into the parking lot, looking for Ace, screaming for Ace, and then we transition to the past. So, we open now in the past, 
on the scene of Jack's dad, who had just committed suicide. So Jack's dad had just killed himself, and he was alone when he killed himself. But he had fallen over a railing and was laying in the the kind of like the hedges on the side of their house. So he, after he had committed suicide, the only person at home at that time was Ace. So Ace heard the shot, came down, and this scene opens with Jack coming to the house, getting out of the car, and seeing Ace wrapped in a blanket, in his Georgia blanket, which is the same blanket that he gives. He gives he gives Jack's son. Yeah, in a previous episode. He gives to Jack's son Mm -hmm. um, after his house got caught on fire. So literally, like, his blanket, you know, that, like, his security blanket. He's wrapped in the blanket. Jack goes, tends to his father. Jack's mother, Carol, comes home. And... Did you notice when she pulls up, she, like, (laughs) angrily just slams the door? Mm -hmm. Because Jack leaves his car door open because, you know, you're not thinking about... Yeah, there, yeah. So she like closes it all annoyed. Yeah. Side note. I know Carol's been through a lot. My heart goes out to Carol. But she just rubs me the wrong way. I think we should I, put a I think we should put a we'll pin put in a pin in that as because we, this we, is a rough episode to say that. But uh But when we get when we get to the scene with Jack and Willie, I think we should bring that back up. Okay. With the note. I think we should bring up Carol because I think we we kind of talked through something that we're gonna look for, you know, coming forward. So after this, we're back um, with the rest of the promotion, the guys of the promotion. Rooster, who we mentioned, is now with the Florida Dystopian League. He's he's in he's prominently featured in this episode. So he's in this episode because at the time he was part of the DWL, as well as Big Jim. So in the first episode that we had, Big Jim left or was leaving the promotion because he was about to have a child, which is important for all the characters that are there. Everybody's friends with him. And they're all a family. He was there along with Diego and Rooster. And they're all kind of shooting the shit. And they're talking about, like, maybe why did Jack do it? So they mentioned maybe he was just, you know. Tom. Tom do it. I'm sorry. Tom Spade. No, it's okay. <laughs> King of Spades. Tom Spade. Why did he do it? Well, maybe he, you know, his, his soul just got hurt. Maybe, you know, they, they said maybe CTE. They said all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, and then Rooster was like, well, if he had CTE, he'd probably shoot himself in the chest so they could study his brain. And then, I don't know Jim's wife, but she's like, I don't think you're thinking like that if you have CTE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote down, too, that they also had mentioned, uh, you know, and it was a quote, that maybe the wrestling they were doing wasn't bringing in the fans, you know, yeah. and that was bringing yep. everything down. So I thought that that was important because now we're in the past. We're about a year earlier. So as we mentioned, so like, I, what kind of wrestling is he doing? Is it super violent? Is it not? It's wholesome and it's family, but it it's not scripted. So it, it, yeah. it's it's clear it's not scripted, which we'll get to in a little bit when they well, yeah, they, they do mention that. because then they talk about how it's scripted. So it's just kind of like they're just performing. And that appears to be a lot of what was going on, you know, especially as, you know, we're doing our rewatch podcast here and just enjoying some of the older wrestling. That's like what was kind of going on, let's say, in the 80s into the 70s, 80s into the 90s, until we get to really the Attitude Era and then things really take off in very much a different direction where it's like heavily produced short little segments where you're really trying to, you know, 
kind of engage the crowd more and make it more of like a television program versus like an actual in-ring performance that you're seeing on a house show level. So I think people were kind of getting tired of seeing the same thing all the time, maybe. And they wanted to see more storylines and more stuff like you're seeing on, on national TV. So I think that's maybe what killed some of these smaller promotions at the time. Because how do you compete if the best and brightest are here and then they're on your television screen and you're attracted to that medium? It would make it difficult. So you take anything else from this, from the guy sitting around, everybody talking at this at this initial little spot? Mm-mm. So they're in the Duffy Dome doing it. The other thing I had that I wrote down was, this is also, from what I can gather, Crystal's first appearance maybe to all the people because I think she was a caterer. I think. What, oh. at the at the event? or Yeah, just... because she's there wearing a similar thing to another character. I don't know that character's name. I'm going to look it up for next yeah, time. Yeah, they're basically just putting out the food and cleaning up. So I think and, she's something... Yeah, because yeah. then Willie gives her a bunch of money. Yeah, and she says she didn't want to accept the money, mm-hmm. but then Willie said, no. When you do a job for someone, you take the money, do you think? And she makes all these other comparisons about how firefighters and EMTs and people that help like that get paid, you know? So Yeah. So I I just wrote that down as maybe Crystal's first appearance in the, like, in the universe, like, to the characters, right? That might be her first interaction with Willie. Um, She does, uh, later on, um, Ace does bump into her. While she's cleaning up. So I think it's kind of like that first... Well, she clearly remembers Ace from high school, knew mm-hmm. him in high school, because she mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So she knows who he is. We don't know if he has any idea who she is. Now, in the past, I had highlighted three scenes that I thought were really important um, in, in for the, the show. Past? Yes, that, that we see in this episode. So the, so like I said, part of this episode is taking place in the past. A year oh, earlier. in the... Okay, yeah. This is one of those scenes. You made it seem like in the past you were sitting there writing down episodes like no, you know, no, no. three and a half months ago. No, no, no. Three years ago in the past. So the next scene we see Carol go outside. So she's kind of like, she's kind of been through the ringer with everybody inside. So she's like, all right, I'm going to go get some air. Yeah. And when she's outside, Bill. When she goes to smoke a cigarello. Yeah. She goes outside to smoke a cigarette and, and while Bill is out there. So why I said that was important, and I have three exclamation points in my notes. Because it, when Bill got in trouble that we mentioned um, for exposing himself on an airplane and telling everybody to put all over the fucking internet and had to come back with his tail tucked between his legs to Duffy, Jack, you know, Bill was kind of offering to help Jack in a certain way. And in the first episode, Bill had come back, quote unquote, to scout, which Jack felt was coming to poach Ace, but also that he didn't want to help them. But now he was only coming because he was going to steal his talent. So Jack made it seem like Bill was never there for them. And throughout the first season, they started to unspool Bill's character. And one of the things we learned about Bill's character is that he really loved Willie. So Bill and Willie was Bill's valet. And they obviously had something together. And then they broke up and Willie became Tom Spade. King of Spades, Jack's dad, Ace's dad, the gentleman who's now we're at the funeral, became his valet, which she mentions in one of the episodes as her and Bill are talking, that that's what kind of caused them to break up in that friction. And then Bill shot to superstardom and left. So he left under bad terms, upset at them. Meanwhile, Willie and Tom Spade take this promotion in another direction. And that's kind of the fork in the road for these three characters. And they're like the OGs, right? Now... I mention all that because Jack is really pissed at Bill throughout the whole first season. And everybody's kind of leery of him. Like, he's a piece of shit, does all sorts of drugs. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it play out. But then you think, but he knows the business. 
he really has an eye for Crystal and how good she can be. And he's really trying to help her and push her right. throughout the whole first season. He even brings her in. Even though he makes that comment about her the first time to Ace about how he needs to get a better valet, like someone taller and blah, blah, blah. Right, but, then he, he, does but then he realized she yeah. can wrestle, right? And then he's like, okay, well, this is different. You know, now this isn't isn't just for, you know, the looks. She can wrestle, right? It's right. not about that. So, again, I had this highlighted because it really showed that Bill was there. So Bill starts talking with Carol. And the one thing that Carol made pretty clear is that she fucking basically hated this whole wrestling outfit. Hated it. And she can't wait for this all to end. So she doesn't, nobody wants Bill's help. She doesn't want Bill's money, but she takes all the money he I has mean, on him. I, yeah. My note is that he offers her the money. She said, I've already spent all the money we're going to spend. I don't need your money. And then like literally 20 seconds later says, well, how much money do you have? And takes all of his money. And then he even takes the money out of his boot and gives I it to her. I don't want your money. Can you please hand it over? Like it was. So gives her all the money that's there. Uh, that he has and again I, I because it was like she didn't want him there and she made it that the sons couldn't see that he was there but it was pretty clear that like he really did care about Tom yes. and whatever falling out and issue they had which appears to be over Willie which is you know classic right two guys falling out over a girl or anybody really two friends falling out over a partner right and so that's what made it really sad because then that this year that intervenes, you can tell that Bill still cares about the Duffy Wrestling League and the people that are there, especially Willie, in, in Bill's own way. Uh, he cares about all these people, but he was shunned by Carol in this moment. And, and I don't think he knew what else to do, right? Because he doesn't seem like a person that's ever really been well-adjusted. Right. And Carol, Carol, I want to know if Carol's beef with Bill goes beyond just him leaving and going up to New York. Because she does say, you know, I don't want you here. You're going to take up all the spotlight. You got to go. And that, to me, like, she's just resentful that he's more popular than Tom and take up all the spotlight. Like, there's, I feel like there's something that we don't know yet about all these characters. Well, what we do know, and I believe this is right, so stop me if I'm wrong, but Ace is with Bill... And a bar hustling pool in season mm -hmm. one. And Bill mentions that Tom was a face around town, but really was a heel. And he's trying to teach that to Ace. And he's because t Wild Bill is a heel. So what I'm thinking is Wild Bill was the heel for this promotion and Tom was the face, right? So Tom mm -hmm. was the face and he was the heel. And for those that know... <laughs> A lot of times the gimmick that can transcend the best, especially in, in any of these smaller promotions, is the heel, right? You're talking about somebody like Macho Man. You're talking about somebody like Ric Flair. Um, the Dusty Roads of the world that are the that are the face, that are, you know, those I think are far and few between to grow a little bit homegrown versus the heel. And so he took off as a heel and left. And I think his presence leaving is probably a majority of what helped them fail because... What can you do without a really good heel, right? A face, a good guy needs a bad guy. That's what you need. You can't have two bad guys and you can't have two good guys. Good guy needs a bad guy. So I think that that's part of probably why she was so angry because the whole thing took a nosedive after he left. Right. And he obviously left, as we found out from the last episode, you know, in the season finale, which was like two years ago, whatever it was, 
we found out that he left because Willie kind of broke his heart and left him. So, anything else you took from that scene? Because I thought that was a really important scene. I also think it's an important scene, but no, I think you uh, covered all of it. You got it. You got all the things. Then we had a, a perfect welcome to Duffy moment. Oh my god. This scene. So Jack's Oof. wife is there. Stacy. Stacy. I had it here at this point, Jack's wife, and then the next one I have Stacy and Ace, and then I have mm-hmm. all Stacy. So here I just didn't go back and change it, but Stacy's there. <sighs> she gets met by someone in town. It's just like, hey, listen. Barbara Holt. Hey, listen. Hi, this is Barbara Holt. Just want to let you know, we know that you were down. You had a DNC from She's, such and oh, such. Oh, you know, I know you're not. She does mention, Stacy. you're not from the area, but mm-hmm. any wife of Jack's is part of the Duffy family. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering here. My terrible Southern accent. I'm wondering here how much... Because I don't think we got a full timeline of when they moved back. And so I'm hoping we do get that. Because I think that's going to, again, be another little piece. Absolutely. We're going to... We... There are a few questions that I feel like this episode asks. And one of them is, where is Stacy from? What is the background? They go to college in Georgia. Like, what happened? What was their original future plans? What did that look like? Because it wasn't this. This is something that they fell into, right? Or that he came back to help his dad. Or he came back to help... Like, so we're... But also, it's mentioned twice in this episode that Stacy is not from Duffy. Yes. Which I kind of, you kind of got that inkling because her parents aren't around. She does seem Southern. But all those friends that she but, meets in the first season, they're clearly not from Duffy either. So I know they were college friends, but it didn't seem like, and they didn't know that Jack was involved in the wrestling promotion. As they said, they thought his dad was involved. So what I'm thinking we're going to see in this season at some point is Jack coming back to be the heel because Jack is the heel. Jack of Spades is a heel. It appears that Tom was the king of spades. Oh, so maybe they So said, maybe okay. Jack comes back to be the heel to try to take the promotion back from his father before his father kills himself. To help himself. his father out to be yes. his father's nemesis. Yes, that's oh, what that's I think good... might come back. So we'll see if, if, you know, we'll put a pin in that and see if I'm right. That's a good prediction. I like that. That's what I think may be unfolding is Why that he, he comes back. back for that. Mm-hmm. But we see that basically even in a small town, um, HIPAA laws are definitely violated. What is going on? Are there wild. no HIPAA laws? Like, is this what happens? I mean, listen, we do live in the South now, but not in a small town. Is this what happens in small Southern t- I think it really is. It probably I is. I do. I believe so, it. So we learn now that she had a miscarriage fairly recently. So not only is that hanging over their relationship, but, you know, obviously we're here at the, the passing of Jack's dad. Mm-hmm. So we have a suicide and they just lost a kid. So it's, yep. a, it's a lot for this family. She's fucking pissed. Yeah, she and she, <laughs> As she should be hide it in a sweet southern way that no. you'd expect. No, and good for her. She shouldn't. I'd be fucking pissed too. Yeah, so she said you should tell your friend to shut shut her fat mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Before I punch her teeth in, I think, right? Oh man! And so she loses it. Ah, she walks out the door and she's just talking to herself about seeing seeing someone's ass through the fucking floor. <laughs> she's. Anyway. And then we get another important scene. Not 100% important, but it really does show a, a, a good sliver of the relationship and the kind of love that Stacy has for Ace. So Stacy is walking through the parking lot and she's pissed, yelling about a DNC, and Ace is in his car. 
So she sees Ace and they start talking. And what we learn is that... Well, Ace did offer to DNC whoever's <laughs> ass needed yeah. to be DNC he said it floor. Wasn't He's like, I don't yeah. know what that means, but I'll, I'll DNC someone's ass through the fucking floor for you. <laughs> what we learn here is that Jack and Stacy allegedly have never had any fights. They've never had any friction in their relationship. They've always been open, great. They've had a wonderful relationship. So what it appears is that this moment... And then the decision that they make at the end of the episode is what is really the things that are driving a wedge in their relationship, right? Jack and Stacy. Because when, when, when we meet them, they seem kind of like two ships in the night, right? She keeps trying to bring him and get him involved with his son. She keeps trying to get him to be more present for their family. She keeps telling him about the issues that they're having, about how he's spending money recklessly, how... Um, you know, she's going to get a job to help, like all these things that she's trying to do. And Jack is just kind of in his own bubble, in his own universe. But in this moment it's pure. And she tells Ace, like, I've always loved your brother. He's awesome. He was never a heel to me. He's always a nice guy and he's never been mean to me. We've never fought. We've had a great relationship. So I thought that again, um, what I took a lot out of a lot of this was just the spots that each character's in. Um, when we actually then watch yeah. the show is a different thing. But you like, can you see, see that. Where they were. I would say even in the last season, like Jack was never mean to her. Like he made a lot of mistakes and like did a lot of shitty things and wasn't totally upfront with her, but it, it was never about her. It was never like malicious towards her. He was like always like, you could tell he really cares about her. He was never like a douche. No, you could tell he cares about her, but he was lost. Yeah. And this really illustrates how and why he became lost. What when Stacy's talking to Ace, it's clear that Ace blames himself for yeah. his father's passing, which is really sad, which then you see that through line when you know that this is what it is when you think back at some of the other moments that we've been shown. Yeah. He calls himself at one point a bad investment, basically saying his dad invested everything in him to be the one to get out of here and whatever. How he coached him his whole life and gave him the drive to be successful and do all these things and he just couldn't do it. So it's just really heartbreaking to see that. Then to know in the next, you know, by the end of the episode, to know like how Ace has just really been through the ringer with all of this. He's never really had an opportunity. He had an opportunity if somehow he would have been able to be successful with sports. He had an opportunity to maybe get away from this toxic stew that his dad created for him. And it's sad because it's a it's a father and son drama here that's playing out in front of you because you see the son now blaming himself for the father's decision that he has no context of why he did it and just becoming completely adrift, right? Here was, a, a, for all intents and purposes, it seems he was young, like let's say less than 25, trying to figure out his way through everything, right? He had a college scholarship and it didn't work out and that's all we really know about Ace. He's never wrestled before. Because his dad never wanted him involved yeah, in Yeah, he business. mentions that his dad wouldn't let him wrestle. So the idea that here he was and he was the chosen one and now feels like he failed because his father committed suicide is really sad. Like that whole thing. And like his grief arc is just really sad. Next scene, I, the only thing I had written down, so maybe you could help me. What? Where was the next scene set up? In, uh, Tom's office. So in Tom's office, what I had written down, which was important, is they said that this was a one-horse town that lost its horse. Oh. Yeah, well, this is when he's going through his dad's So, so there, there's a scene right before it then 
where they were inside, like the, okay, a couple, a couple of the side characters, and that's what they said. And I took that line because oh, I thought that, that line. Yeah, I guess that was when Crystal. Was, oh no, I don't know. I think it was like Rooster talking with like mm-hmm. Diego. I think it was all of them together, and they said that this was a one horse town that lost its horse, and that line stuck with me because I'm like, man, you know, because if you drive around anywhere once you once you get a really big metropolitan area, you can see. You might see with industry a lot of times, especially like in the Pennsylvania area and stuff like that, you could see it where you drive through some of these depressed old steel towns and you see like that was the engine, that factory was the thing that ran this town and and that's what the economy was for, right? And in this case, it was like this town loved their wrestling and that's what put it on the map. They've said that many times that Tom Spade was a king, that they were all, you know, rulers of the town in a way because of the joy and the camaraderie and the friendship and what they gave to the community with their shows that they would put on on Sundays. And now that's gone. Right. So I thought that was an interesting line. Um, and then I thought this was really like, to me, the really the pivotal scene of the entire flashback. So we have Willie and we have Jack and they're inside the office. So what did you take from this exchange? Jack is clearing out Tom's office. Him and Willie are going through all the stuff. He grabs a belt off the wall. And he's like, I just want to grab one for Thomas's room, you know, his son's room. Um, and Willie's going through some papers, finds an envelope that says Jack on it, turns around, looks at the envelope, and then turns around again and hands it to Jack. And what I thought was interesting is that Jack is like, did you read this? Like, he just immediately accuses her of reading it. And she's like, no, I, I just found it. And then she says... Uh, there's no, uh, I guess there's none that say Willie on it. And you could tell she's upset that Tom didn't leave her a note, mm-hmm. which I just thought was interesting. Makes me kind of wonder what was going on with Tom and Willie. Um, cause she's obviously very upset that she wasn't considered to have a, a letter. Right. Um, and then she mentions that the business killed Tom, you know, and that's, that's the reason that, that, that he's not here where Jack is like, no, nah, you know, he was a coward. And you know, what do you mean this killed him? He was able to wrestle his entire adult life, own a house and put food on a table for a family while his mom was a stay at home mom. We know that because she mentions it in the last season. Yep. So he's basically like, you know, so like, what did he expect? Like, how did this kill him? You know, he's, he basically calls him a coward and you know, whatever other things he calls him. And then Willie says, fuck you, Jack. Yep. And then she immediately says, I'm sorry, I said, fuck you. And Jack says, eh, that's okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this was kind of important because I feel like you see Willie's response to this and Jack's and they're both upset and taking it in different ways. Willie more upset at the business. Jack more upset at his dad, you know, for doing what he did. So when we go into the future, which was season one, right? So right now we're a year before, we're about eight months before the start of season one. Willie is still working on the promotion. I, there was a scene here where she grabs, she touches the jacket and Jack says, you can take the jacket. I think she does take that jacket. I think she does. I think, I think we'll right. see that later on. I think she does take the jacket. And from what we know from the conversation that Wild Bill and Willie had, it's that Willie left him and became Tom's valet, which she knew would break the two of them up as a couple, which it did. 
And then that's what caused Bill to leave. But you and I were talking, this Carol is so mad at wrestling, and this obviously happened at some point in the past. Like, is it possible that maybe there was some sort of... Because there's been a lot of insinuation. Um, you know, there's another character that's here that we didn't mention. Shout out uh, to the wrestler CM Punk, Ricky Rabies. Like, we didn't oh, mention yeah, we didn't that he's mention. been in and out of it. Uh, at, at the first, you know, in the first scenes of the locker room, because we're really getting into the drama. And hopefully his character plays out more. Here in the show. I think he will. I think he's actually like a series regular. I think so too. Now. But shout out CM Punk. So um, he has a valet. And that valet is giving Crystal some tips. And it seems that that valet, he's there. He, he says that he wants uh, his show to be a family business so that there's blood in it. And his son in one episode is flying a possum that spits blood at his opponent via a drone. It's fucking wild looking mm-hmm. during his intro because he's Ricky Rabies. And... You're assuming the valet, because he's got his son, and he has a woman that seems like an older woman. You're assuming the valet is his wife. Well, when they leave that show, they talk about how they got to get home so that he can go see his wife. So I say all that because that valet specifically tells Crystal, like, hey, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Sometimes you're kind of just with them here, and then everybody has their own life there. And... The rage that Carol has for wrestling and the sadness that Willie feels with losing Tom. You know, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that the 17-year-old kid that Willie has, could that be Tom's kid? Is it possible could it that... Could be Bill's kid? It could be Bill's kid. could be Tom's kid. Is it possible that that kid, or is it just possible that they were carrying on an affair the entire time? Right, that then she went from Bill to Tom, and then that's truly what broke them up. Then Carol found out, but again, Carol being, we've established Carol's an extremely devout religious person. So for her, I don't know if divorce would ever be on the cards, right? I don't think, you know, at least what we've been given of this character. I mean, at one point she's telling her grandson that her his grandfather is burning in hell because he committed suicide. So, I mean, I feel like... The idea that maybe she'd be like, all right, we're going to go our separate ways might not be what she'd want to do. So that could be part of why she hates wrestling as much as she does. We don't know. But we do know that Willie is clearly broken up by this um, to a level that just a business partner, I don't know if they would be as broken up. But that's just what we took, right? Right. So we get Rooster and the crew come in. Uh, They talk about how we should probably have a 10-bell salute. So for those that don't know, um, when someone passes away in the wrestling world and in the community, usually they have a tribute show, and part of that they do a 10-bell salute, kind of a moment of silence, except they ring the bell. Jack, in was extremely morbid line that I wrote down, said that there was no reason to do that because Tom had already hit his finisher and went out with a bang. I was like... Oh, I didn't even put that together. That is so fucking morbid. Like, Jack is so <sighs> angry at this and that's what i took like ace is grieving by feeling guilty and jack is grieving by feeling anger and you're seeing the different stages of the grief with the different people but jack is angry right but look at their whole relationship with their dad anything they ever showed tom was basically talking about how great ace is how he's gonna be a star how he's the best how he's the best how he's so much better than jack and he's just treating jack like shit Mm mm-hmm like, literally just treating him like shit the whole time, which is going to make you angry if you're being, tr- being treated like shit. And if mm-hmm. you are someone's 
golden child and you don't live up to whatever standards they assign to you, you're going to feel really guilty. So it makes sense. 100%. And one step further, it goes back to what we're talking about. We still haven't been given the context now. We've been given little breadcrumbs about how they did move back and that Stacy's not from Duffy. So as we go along this journey, we may see that Jack came back because his dad wanted him to come back. So this anger is like, you made me leave my life that was good here, come here, and then you fucking leave me in this mess, right? You left me here. So it might be, that might be part of what it is. Like, we just don't know. But he's so angry. And I just, again, you know, I, I couldn't help but feel like great job by all the actors and, and the writing on the show. Because it's really, it's transcending wrestling and making it be a really great small town, small town drama that's really enjoyable. So, Jack goes home. I took from this, he has, a, he has a, a really nice scene with Stacey. And what I took from this scene, as he's talking to her, is, you know, he's mentioning that, he, that his dad wouldn't listen to him and all these ideas he had to make the promotion better. And all these storylines and all these thoughts and how he just wouldn't listen to him. And Stacey, being the supportive wife that she's been the entire show, is like, well, you should just, you should, you, know, you should go through and you should do the show. Do the show with some of the storylines you're talking Do it. Like, do the tribute show and do it for him. Like, do it for the guys. Do it for everybody. But do it for you, too. Like, you had these ideas. Like, do it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was, I thought that was interesting because it shows that he had really given up on all this stuff. And given up on the idea that he was going to somehow... I think somehow like succeed in his father's eyes in a way. Like, I think he was like, okay, this is, this is like, he never wanted to listen to me because he, like Ace was always first and blah, 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 blah. That's what we've been fed so far. So I think it was really nice that she kind of was like giving him that little push, but that little nudge is also where we find him eight months later when season one opens. He's just, headstrong into making this work even though it might be something that can't work right <laughs> then then we get a scene with carol and jack she he goes over you know with carol being his mom obviously with carol being his mom <laughs> well so he's there with his mom and surrounded by food people keep bringing food and she's so pissed about this food i know and she's a really mad and ace isn't eating any of the food she says it's like she this suicide means i have to inhale carrot cakes she's just so unpleasant like i mean not that this is a time to be pleasant again but i really get big vibes that she's never really been pleasant maybe but see like the vibes that i'm getting truly the vibes that i'm getting is that we might be onto something with that cheating thing and that mm -hmm. would really make sense to be like well she everybody's talk everybody's talking about it all around town for years and whatever it was dirty little secret and blah blah mm -hmm. blah and she's just embarrassed and then this happens and now she's a widow and in one of the realer... She does not like pity. No. Doesn't and it, want people looking at her. No. And in one of the realer conversations, she says about how Jack used to drive everywhere. This was last season. And she just kind Ace. of... She, no, Tom. Tom. You keep calling Tom Sorry, Jack. Her husband, Tom. <laughs> Tom used to yeah, drive Tom. everywhere. And that's really, like... She didn't really kind of know how to do it and feel uh, comfortable She loved to time. drive, and then he drove everywhere. And, and and he, yeah, she, he took yeah. it from her. You know, yeah. And I think he took that joy from her and again if we do find out that he was cheating with willie that might make sense right mm. but at least that's just two people speculating 
She also mentions that wrestling's a stupid thing, a stupid, stupid thing. Grown men love print, like who love to play pretend. Um, and then she also mentions that taking your life because of wrestling is stupid. So now both her and Willie have mentioned that wrestling is the reason why Jack did what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God, Tom. Tom did what he did. Tom did what he did. You have me calling him Jack now, too. It's hard. <sighs> it's hard. Well, I do feel like, from everything I know about Tom, he seems like he would have named his son after him, you know? But it's true. I think going with the face cards was a good idea, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 100%. Because <laughs> you have Ace, King, and then, as we said, maybe Willie's the Queen, maybe Carol, whatever. And then you have Jack being mm-hmm. the Jack of Spades. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they do decide to go through the Ten Bell Salute. Jack addresses the group. They're going to have one more card. Uh, and I thought what was really important here is it. everyone in the group kind of, they said, Tom liked to wing it. It would be do a drop kick and then something, something. Do a clo- hit a clothesline and something, something. And you could tell that these guys really yeah. were doing something that was like fun. They were having fun. They were, as Carol said, they were make-believe, like pretending, mm-hmm. right? And it was stupid because they were pretending. Because they were. You could tell that when Tom was doing it, it was an older style. And it was more about the character that you created. Whereas Jack hands them scripts. It's about what he's written. He's the person But they seem the to be really into the scripts. They're like, this is awesome. Because it is. Yeah, like, it's actually, you're taking this in a better direction. Mm-hmm. Like, they seem to really like it. And they're extremely excited about a Dumpsters and Tables match. Which is going to be Rooster versus Big Jim. Yeah. Which, it's just... The idea that this entire promotion before this was just run kind of in the old school way, and now Jack's mm-hmm. here doing it again, I keep harping on it, but it adds so much more context to where we are eight months later because Jack is so focused on trying to make this work, and it almost doesn't make sense, but now it does because he's trying to make it work to spite his dad because he's so angry at him, and he didn't listen to him, and they could have done it together, and it's to spite him. And it's almost, oh, yeah, or like to, to like that, prove, yes, to like prove that, that his right. idea would have worked. Yes, it might be to spite him, or it might just be to be like, see, I have good ideas, 100%. and like I can do this, hundred percent. Right. And he's going out of his way to really kind of like highlight that here by being like, no, I wrote a script, like I've been working on this, because he said I've been working on this. Here's this, and everybody's like, what? This is fucking awesome. Yeah. And again, it would be because that's what they do in real life to be successful, mm-hmm. right? They really do that. They don't just kind of let everybody kind of wing it. That seems like it was a little bit more in the past. Like, they do really have better ideas about what's going to happen. Because I don't really know. Maybe we'll get more of it this season. Like, I don't really know, like, how the structure of the DWL was, let's say, five, ten years ago. Was it just, you know, anyone could win at any time, right? Because it's just, this is what it is. Or everybody's trying to take out that. We just don't know. We don't know. Then we get a, a Jack Ace scene in the office. Well, Ace comes in when he's talking about it, and he wants to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. So they're going back and for, for, forth about basically both their feelings about their fathers, you know, kind of where they sit in all of this. And Ace is like, if this is the last go-around, I want my first go-around. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do this. I want to get a chance. Um, I don't want to have any regrets. Like, it's not fair. Let me do this. Now, we mentioned before there's a letter out there. We don't... we. As far as we know, Jack hasn't read the letter, so we'll we'll hold that. But there's a letter out there that um, Tom wrote for Jack. 
that'll matter later. But Ace said, "I the you know his heartbreaking line that all he had left of his dad was the gunshot because that's what he heard that woke him up, right? So he heard the gunshot. Yeah. So he said all he had left, and he just wanted something different. So you can really tell that he's working through his grief and he's stuck in his grief." His mom is just, like you said, she's on a different planet. Carol's in a different universe. And Jack is just fueled by this anger. And here's Ace that's just trying to grieve through this because these are the people that lost Tom specifically, whereas everybody else lost him as a character in their life. Like, that's their family. That was their family. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really, that was tough. That was really, you know, well played and really great line. We then get our training montage. Yep. Side note about that. Yep. It was a good training montage. But the mm-hmm. side note is, Constance, not the only thirsty person here. <laughs> Debbie. Debbie had said Debbie at the funeral. is thirsty for Tom to Carol at his funeral. Mm-hmm. And now she's thirsting over Ace to Rooster and the other guys. Debbie. So what Debbie, Debbie is... <laughs> So what this scene gives us or what this scene shows us, it shows us Ace's natural talent. Um, Everybody's talking about how Ace is the most physically gifted person they've seen. Except, of course, Rooster is going, you haven't seen me wrestle. Which is funny for the first season where Rooster's just literally like, please, somebody, let me wrestle. And, spoiler alert, Charlie Gully was literally going to take the belt from Rooster that he gave him and give it to Ace. Because everybody sees this in Ace. Everybody sees that Ace can do this thing. Yeah. We get our montage. Rooster jumps in. Rooster helps. Um, and what we see is that Ace is has unbridled joy when he's in the ring in this montage. Yeah. He's he loving all it. of this, and it's not really work for him. And they could tell this guy, you know, he might have it. He might be able to do it. So now we get our match, or we get our pre-match. Ace is in the back wearing his dad's robe and he sees Rooster and Big Jim and they're going through their match together and they're they're using all the code words and they're talking and he's like, what are you? He just looks like a little kid watching them, mm-hmm. you know, like he kind of wants to be a part of it, mm-hmm. but he's not. It, yeah, it was kind of sad, actually. And they said, you know, you've never seen this before. And he's like, no, my dad never let me back here. And then that's when Rooster says, well, you're one of the king's sons. You're the prince, or at least one of them. So I thought that was another good foreshadowing moment because it's really solidifying, like, this isn't all Jack's. This is Ace's if he wants it. So again, when we meet him, he has no direction. But the reality is he is the future for all of this if this is going to succeed because he is the superior athlete. And the reality is, like, he has it, more than Jack has it. Jack is a guy that's just working. He's a worker. But Ace was yeah. the guy that was scouted originally by Wild Bill. Ace yeah. is the guy that has the natural talent. I mean, Ace is really there to do... I do like Jack's character better. Sure. I mean, but Jack also writes it. So it's kind of, yeah, you know, at, at least in this world. So, I mean, he's a, He's a good heel. Yes. His and, song's and good. I do think His that that's, cool. that's what it's going to be. At the end of this, we'll talk real quick, like two minutes. We'll give mm-hmm. a rundown of a couple of things we think is going to happen that we're going to see. But I do think that that's what it's going to be, that that Tom called Jack home to help him with the business. 
that's what I think we're gonna see, and that's why he's gonna. That's why he's so mad that he wouldn't listen to him, and that he came home to be a heel. Yeah. So, then we're treated to the ten bell salute. Willie gives a really great speech, uh, and then we get an awesome match between, or you know, vignettes of the match. Between you see Wild Bill in disguise in the crowd. Don't Wild Bill. Now, where we see Wild Bill is the same perch that we see Wild Bill when he's scouting Ace. Okay. So I took that we saw him in the same thing in disguise. So, as you mentioned before, we had been told or led to believe that Wild Bill became super successful and just left Duffy behind and didn't give a shit. That he never showed up when Tom died and never showed up when Tom needed him. So, I think the thing with Tom needing him is we're going to see that. That's going to be when Jack comes back to help at first. But, again, all that matters because here's Bill again. Doesn't need to be there. Who's there watching the show because he loves wrestling and he loves the promotion. And I do think he loves the Spade Boys, too. You know, I think we're going to see that, too. Yeah. And he wants, you know, from what we can tell, it doesn't seem that Bill has any kids. And obviously doesn't have a spouse that we can see, right? Or an ex-wife or anything. I mean, I'm sure he's Willie. got many a kid that he's never met. <laughs> <laughs> that part, I would through agree. the country. <laughs> That's possible. But um, all, this t- all this plays out. We get Big Jim versus Rooster, and all plays out to More Than a Feeling by Boston, which I thought was great. Yes. Then we have uh, Ace telling Jack that he's scared. Yeah, he and, says he never gets scared. And Jack's like, we'll do it together. I'll get you through it. We'll do this thing. It's no big deal. Um, you've done worse. You you know, you've been at championship games and all these other things. This isn't mm-hmm. a big deal. You know, this is just you in front of your home crowd. And again, I think, it, like you said, it's sad because it's like, this is, a, this is Ace being his most vulnerable. Like, he just doesn't want, he doesn't want to fail because he's failed at everything else that he's done athletically because he ended up not being able to go to a d1 school and not being able to let's say go pro or whatever succeed so he's failed already in a way i know you really feel for him in this episode you're like oh i get why he did dickish things in the last season you know Mm -hmm. even though he apologized for a lot of it and you did start to feel for him too there you really you see him here and you're like oh man and you see ace and jack cut the promo Jack's in the ring, thanking everybody for coming. He plays be, his dad's music one being last a heel. time. Yep. Then Ace comes out with the music on, with the cape, and we get Crystal in the crowd, who's a huge super fan, talking to her friend that was there that was helping clean out, saying how the promo's going to end. We sit in this family, we settle it in the ring. Yeah. So the two of them get in the Love ring, it. they start to wrestle. Um, I mean, I meant to like look into whether or not they did this themselves. I think they did. I think they did. I mean, we we, we could check that for the next yeah. episode. But you know, during the match, Jack helps Ace get over. Mm-hmm. Jack encourages him to go to the top rope. And Ace jump. is good. He does one of those like flippies from his feet, like he's <laughs> on his back to his feet. Mm-hmm. One of those like Owen Hart, like Shawn Michaels, like boop, just up on your feet. He and does a lot of cool stuff. He does really cool stuff, mm-hmm. and. Ace jumps off the top rope, and we see in the montage, we see uh, the finisher, which appears to be like a Macho Man-type elbow, is the same that his dad did, and mm-hmm. we see his dad winking at him. And he's a little ace up in the he's crowd. He's a little ace up in the crowd. That, yeah. And then we see him doing the same thing, and getting that high, and getting that feeling. And he wins, and he takes the crown. So he's got his dad's crown. So that's what yeah. he takes from him. This is supposed to be the last show. Or is it? Um, the next scene comes with them coming, walking through the back through the curtain, getting their celebratory beer from everybody. I wrote in big letters, this is how it should have been 
always. Like, that's what this scene was. This is what this could have been. Should have been. Because Jack is musing to himself, like, this isn't stupid. Like, this is really something. He's talking to his mom. You know, yeah, right. like, this isn't stupid. But, yeah, but, no. But to Ace and just kind of saying, like, we shouldn't have fought. Like, we should have just, sh- we should have shook hands up front, never fought, and look what we can accomplish. Like, we can accomplish anything together. We mm-hmm. can do this together. We can make this dream work. He's like, I don't even understand how you picked this up so quickly, but you mm-hmm. have it. Like, you got it. Like, you are it. You yeah. have it. You're everything. Like, you need to do, we, we can do this. We can save this. And Stacy's there, too. And it's, I think it's, like, the last time the three of them are there, and it's pure. It's like a pure moment between the three of them that they're all happy. Yeah. Because, again, when we meet these characters later on, they're not happy. Jack's in a low place. Ace is a real dick. Because you can tell this whole thing of fame in this small town was going to Ace's head. Because at the end of the day, like, that's not really necessarily what he thought he wanted. He was just, he's, again, using his athletic skill to help him kind of survive uh, versus actually thrive. And, you know, Stacy again, lost and wayward because she can't get Jack to do anything or pay attention to anything because he's too busy he's like obsessed with making this promotion mm-hmm. like perfect he's obsessed with it it was really good yeah it was really good and then we come back back to present day we're back in the present jack's still looking for ace he's calling ace from the car mm-hmm. we see a shot of ricky rabies i wrote yeah i said cm punk <laughs> Oh, and then Crystal kisses Bobby goodbye. I wrote Crystal's getting hers. Oh, as I she, thought it was so as cute. She grabs Bobby I'm so Pan happy for Bobby Pin yeah. and Crystal. Uh-huh. I hope that that works out. I mean, I have a feeling, because this is a show about wrestling, that there's going to be some, <sighs> some... Some rockiness, but I really... I think they're cute. Then, I, then we cut to... We find out where Ace is. Ace is home, taking his shit, and he's leaving. He has, like, a box. Of shit. Yeah. Takes it and leaves. Carol sees it, and she supports him to herself by saying, you know, just leave it all behind. Get the fuck out, right? Like, good for you, Ace. That's what she says. Good for you, Ace, as he's leaving. No, she says, that a boy. Or that a boy. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, you know, she wants to leave this town, too. She, she would can't. say that a boy. She would. Yeah. Nobody says that a boy but Carol from Duffy Joy. Is Duffy? Duffy's not a real place. I don't know. Could be. Can't be. well i mean if we look at we think where it is on a map it's not too far from jacksonville right we could we could figure out where it should be because they say that uh the fwl is in jacksonville and they drive there at some point it's a two-hour drive they say and i think they do say at one point i think it's south maybe southwestern southeast they say it's southern georgia i think Mm -hmm. so it's probably we can figure out where it is um Mm -hmm. then we get jack talking to stacy so at this point in the show jack and stacy aren't even living in the same house because she had left well she's just staying with a friend she didn't move out but i mean like they're not you know we saw them earlier in this same house talking and if you notice the house was brighter and more vibrant now it's very dark very dark yeah um but it has been because it's been been like their relationship in a state of disrepair and the two of them are talking on the phone he should have been there for her big moment she says, nah, you know, we should, you know, kind of how'd everything go? Well, I mean, in his defense, what, is he just not going to do this title match at the fair, this big break? Because they both had this important moment planned at the same time. It's not, you know, I don't think either one should have 
sacrificed either thing. Yeah, but I mean, as as a person in a relationship, right? We're, we're people in a relationship. Sometimes it's like, if I'm always doing my thing and I'm just neglecting you and you're like, I just don't want you to neglect me. And then I f- you finally get a big break. That's like a legit big break. Like, it, it's tough. It's, it, it is it, tough. It's, it's tough. But it's, it's also tough. like, that's an understandable reason to miss it. It's understandable, but you can tell that they're two divergent people at this point. They're yeah. not together where it would be okay. It's like they're they're going in different directions, right? So they're on the phone. He admits that he told Ace about the Kleenex and how he got the shit beat out of him. Um, she says that Tom would be really proud. And this is where Jack really has his kind of come to Jesus moment about it. Well, no, because he tells her that people keep coming up to oh, him. Oh, telling him. Yeah, yeah how yeah. Tom would be proud. Saying how proud his dad would be. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know his name, but Constance's... 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 Constance. Her husband mm-hmm. is one, I think, who says that. Uh, yeah, so that's what happens. He's telling her that people keep saying his dad would be proud of him. And that's when he flips it all and says, you know, I don't miss him. Right. And kind of hate him, right? And I'm pissed. Like, I named my son after him and I just don't care. Like, I don't care yeah, that he's, he's like, not I'm here. that Every guy. Day, I'm that guy care. that named my son after my dead dad that I don't even miss. But I'm going to tell you anything I've seen of this man. I don't see why Jack would miss him. Well, is, you know, I wrote down and the couple notes that I wrote down as Jack's going on talking about it is that he never grieved. We were shown him immediately throw himself into trying to make this trying to write this ship that was sinking. He never grieved at all for the passing of his father. He found the body with Ace, which is absolutely, like, has to be absolutely mind-destroying, right? Yeah. And it looked like he tried to clean him up a little. Like, it oh, he had covered to be, him up with his jacket so he bombed him soon. Yeah. destroying. He put the entire town and the world on his shoulders because the people in the town wanted the wrestling to continue. Stacy was like, you should do it to, you know, to kind of do it for yourself a little bit, maybe to help you grieve. But he put everyone and every, this whole thing, you know, this town that lost its one horse, he put it on his back to try to save it. And he never really had a chance or took any time to work through anything. He just kept going forward and being like, this is what we're going to do. And you can see that detached person in the first season. Yeah. You really can. Because, again, the first season is taking place eight months after the events that we saw in this episode. So that's why I'm saying this episode shows you so much that, like, the lens of then watching that other stuff is like, yeah, this guy's a fucking robot. He acts like a fucking robot because he is a fucking robot. And he's a robot because he's just focused on every week getting incrementally better to, like, slay this dragon that is the memory of his dad and the failure of his dad. Right? Or the perceived failure of his dad. Because his dad killed himself. And then we're treated to the letter. What does the letter say, Jen? It says, Jack, take care of Ace. Dad. Right? Is that what it said? Just that, yeah. Take care of Ace. Dad. And he signed it, Dad. And I thought that that... It makes me enraged. I'm enraged for these fictional characters. Yeah. I get why Jack is so detached. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You see that, and that is so morbid. To like, you think that's okay to leave your... Ugh. So he says, take care of Ace, Dad. Which then goes back to every scene that they've shown you in that whole first episode. So, in the whole first season. They show you a scene where Jack and, Jack and Tom are coming back 
from a doctor's appointment. Tom gets a, an okay. And Jack's... They're going to wrestle each other for the promotion that's outside. And you see them kind of wrestling. And Tom says... After, and Jack doesn't want to. Jack doesn't Just, want yeah, to. Jack is like, I'm not going to... He's like, you pin me, you can have... He's like, I'm not and doing this. And after he beats him, he says, like, something's effective. Don't come for my shit or don't come for my whatever. Two episodes later, they have a cold open where... Ace and Jack are playing around and they start to horse wrestle. And Tom sees that. This is a younger Jack. This is maybe a 14-year-old Jack. Oh, I see. I took him as much older than that. But okay. 16, 14, whatever. Somewhere, not 20, not in college. I like, he was like, like 17, 18. Yeah. Sure. High school whatever. age Jack. So Tom starts wrestling with him as his father. 11-year-old Ace. His father, who beats up, basically ends up beating up on him, holding him in an arm bar and going, don't come for my fucking shit. So again, this... That through line keeps coming. That Ace is Tom's thing. Like, don't come for my... Don't come for wrestling. Don't come for my son. Well, when Charlie Gully, in episode six, uh, played by Michael Malley's character, does the same thing, coming for Ace and tries to poach him and bring him along and everything, Tom, hold, um, um, Jack, holds him down in the ring after he beats him up and goes, don't come for my fucking shit. And you're seeing this wild thing of uh, Ace is, is an object. He was an object to Tom. Now, he was his son, but he's an object. Yeah. And whatever that object is, hopefully the show explores more of what it is, but he's an object. And then he became an object to Jack because Jack was left with the burden from his father and his suicide to take care of Ace. Now, take care of someone. What does that mean? Does that mean run their life? Does that mean... Protect him. Protect. What does it mean? It's so open-ended, and that's the sad part. Is Because when, when you see that note and you put the whole thing together, you're like, oh, fuck. This fucking guy is the ultimate heel. It's like, like you were saying, you're like, Tom is the ultimate heel, right? Yeah. And he turned Jack into this fucking like, heel not because Jack, there's nothing he can do. I'm sorry, Jack. Mm-hmm. I love you. Jack, take care of yourself. Not even like... Jack, sh- take care of little Tom. Jack, like, the Wi-Fi is, you know... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? It's wild. And then we Tell see, Ace I love I love anything. you. I love Tell you them both. I love them, yeah. Like, Anything. Nothing. Does not give one Just shit take about care Jack. Of so, of course, Jack then looks at the letter, picks up the phone, tries to call Ace, goes to voicemail. Then we see Ace driving off into the distance. When Jack's getting teary-eyed here, too. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. he knows he's fucking... He knows he, uh, he, he... He had one job. Take care of your brother. And we see Ace driving off in the distance. And we see one, one of the most prominent objects that's in there is the crown. I think that was all that was in that box. Might have been, but I, I think mean... The- crown was just in the box i mean yeah. it, you know it's clearly it doesn't displayed. matter he's driving with the crown next to him and he just drives off and it's so dark on that road mm-hmm. and that's where we end our episode There's no street yeah yep so a couple other couple other notes that i had um as we talked about clearly we're working with cards so we've been working with cards the whole time last name is spades so we have the king of spades ace of spades jack of spades pretty and clever I, and then i was thinking it's even more clever because he committed suicide suicide king that's the thing that they talk about but didn't you say that was the king of hearts right and who by him committing suicide by the king Stu Hart? no oh. not Stu Hart. but by him committing suicide he took away all their hearts oh so i just thought about that was just something that as i'm watching it i'm like that just seemed you know deep well, no, it's probably, I mean, listen, it is. I saw it that. Is, I saw that. They had mentioned Cain and Abel in here before. They've been doing a lot of Bible they, they discussions. Did. And really, when you look at Cain and Abel, like, again, what's kind of the through lines of that is that Cain, with this case being Jack, can't do enough 
can't give enough in order to be enough in God's eyes, right? In anyone's eyes. Whereas Abel, just giving his sacrifice, giving what it, what is pure was enough, right? So Cain eventually, you know, makes Abel the first martyr by murdering him. And really, in the first season, Jack murders him in the ring. He does. He takes away his chance to get out of that town and leave because Jack needs him in order to continue the promotion or believes mm-hmm. he needs him in order to continue the promotion. Yeah. And he does say that he did it. He says to Stacy that he didn't think that he's ready and that he's afraid if he goes to New York, he'll get a call that he drank himself to death mm-hmm. because he is really immature and he has let this small town fame go to his head and he is basically a piece of shit around town. And that's all true too. So how much of it is him trying to protect Ace and how much of it is him trying to protect the promotion and his business? Um, I don't know, but the little note take care of ace makes me think maybe that it could be more on that side i don't know it's kind of cool because you could really see it from either way depending on what scenes you want to study right like you can and then you go on the flip side and say but isn't don't we already know or haven't we already seen (laughs) that the dad didn't want ace to get involved so you're taking care of him but then also having him be involved in clearly something that tom at least was smart enough to know this will this will be the downfall of him right just like it might have been the downfall of Tom, right? We don't know. That whole story hasn't been put in front of us yet. So we don't really know. I mean, we may never know, but I have a feeling we will get a lot more clarity. I think we might know, you know. Yeah. Um, but having said all that, a couple little things that I'm looking forward to or looking for in the next couple of weeks. I do want to see if we get find anything more about that potential Willie-Tom oh, relationship. Yeah. I, I am, feel like that's definitely a thing that you picked I'm up on pretty well. I'm looking for breadcrumbs for that, for yep. sure. So I'm looking for breadcrumbs for that. I'm looking for more biblical references, because like I said, a lot of Cain and Abel, it appears that this is where we're going with this. Yeah. And I, I don't really mind, because I feel like that's a really... It's a bedrock of we're wrestling. We're in a small town in the South. I feel like it is cloaked in religion to begin with. So this it's a fit. It fits. But it's right also in. a bedrock of wrestling, right? Owen and Bret and Hart. Good and evil, yeah. Was it was a great feud yep. in the early ni- you know, mid nineties. It's always been, you know, wrestling families I mean, where how, people are wrestling yeah. against each other. Say, how many fathers been... and sons and their uh-huh. sons and And again, that's the other thing I want to look for is I want to look for Jack's origin back into the promotion or uh, yeah. his original. I have Stacy, I want to know Stacy yeah, where she's from. I want to know mm-hmm. that little part, and I think we'll probably get that. And, and that, I, I have a feeling that Tom is a face, and he's bringing Jack back to be a heel. And and that's how Jack ends up being that yeah, heel. Yeah, that's a good prediction. In I the like town. that. And so I think that's three predictions that I'm looking for in the next couple of weeks. I want to know where Ace is going. Where is he heading? Is he going to New York? Is he just going to the wilderness? I saw a trailer of the show, so I have a feeling maybe... He's just going to find himself, but I don't. Mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't know where he's going. And then, like I said, the only other thing I know or that I kind of read might be a possibility is that they might be doing um, something along the lines of, like, the Duffy Wrestling League trying to sell their streaming rights. So we'll see how all that works. Yeah. Um, you know, see how that back catalog works. So, like our Wrestling Rewatch podcast, we do a winner, a loser, best dressed. I think we should pick a winner, a loser, a heel face, and best dress for this episode. Okay. I thought the big winner of this episode. Yeah. My girl, Crystal. Yeah. Because yeah. she started from the bottom, cleaning the tables at Tom's funeral, 
does at the pining end, she, at the over end, Ace. At, pining over but him. But at the end, she's holding his belt. She's wearing his yeah. belt. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, that whole arc from the entire episode, bottom top to bottom, who do you think lost the week? Lost the episode. Um... Ah, uh, Jack. Okay. You know, at the end, he he doesn't have his wife. We didn't even see his kid at all. Tom, little Thomas, is not in this episode at all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have his wife or kid at home. He's made his brother upset to the point where he doesn't know if he's gonna have a relationship with him. He's on one hand doing okay with the promotion. People like them, but on the other hand kind of failed right like failed to put ace over failed a lot of the stuff he's trying to do and he's pretty down right now i'm gonna say jack's a big loser i'll take that but can we also have an honorable mention bill's outfit his pants (laughs) with that special effects explosion (laughs) like i feel like those just go and they're gone right like i don't know how you get that out of the pleather see that's really from the last episode so it's kind of like i can't but if (laughs) Bill's the loser of that one, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. No. I, I wouldn't even say he was a loser of that. I mean, we'll do that when we get there. I, I have someone else I think lost that. But I think, unfortunately, Jack's going to lose a lot of episodes. I have no problems with him losing this one. I'd say the biggest heel, Tom, hands down, of this episode? Yeah, I, yeah it, it's, it's fair. It's fair. But again, I also think that... He also is kind of the biggest face of the episode. In a way. Tom? Yeah. Yeah, he's got the ten bell salute. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. He's almost mm-hmm. like in his he's almost like in his own world. Um but he's I'm I'm kinda a, like Stone Cold. I think he's definitely the biggest heel. I think the biggest face in the episode though is Ace. I do. Everybody yeah. loves Ace, yeah, everybody yeah. feels for Ace, oh, everybody yeah. wants him to be successful. And even towards the end when he left, people were still kind of, you know, like he got into that one little spat with a guy, but everybody was still kind of trying to bring him back around. I think Ace was and he left like, his mom was, you know, silently supporting him, right? Silently because he can't hear her, but she was supporting him leaving. I mean, the one time the woman's ever own. said anything supportive, of course, nobody's there to hear it. 100%. Um, <laughs> how do I really feel about Carol? Which brings us to best dress, which I'm also going to give to Ace, wearing his dad's, mm-hmm. uh, his you know, dad's cloak yep. and, his, and his crown. Yep, his dad's cape yeah. and the crown. I'm going to give cool. to Ace, too. That was cool. And the best match, I think, definitely the. Oh, I, was... I think more than a feeling overlay of the dumpster table match. I thought was cool. I just thought that was cool. That was really cool, but it was also We're really cool to see Ace. Ace's first match, yeah. Do yeah, his first match, and he did good moves, and he did his dad's finisher. It was good. The the you Macho could... Man Randy Savage special. You could you could take either or. Um. I think that's it, right? I think we said I a lot. I think that's it. Yeah, I am so excited to see this next episode. As am I. I'm very excited. Right now, when you guys get this in your ear pods, the next episode will already be out. So we'll already have watched it. We'll have already seen it by the time you guys see it. Because I think it drops like at night. I think it drops on the Stars app. I think it's available or on demand. I think it's available immediately uh, like Friday at midnight. Uh, But then it premieres Friday at 10 o'clock. So on actual Stars. So we'll have probably already seen it. Definitely have already seen it probably by the time you've heard it. We're going to try to get these podcasts out by Tuesday. That's going to be our goal with these guys to get them out by Tuesday. This is kind of an emergency one. Uh, We've been doing some other recordings this week. We'll be doing more recordings next week. Really glad you hung in for this one. Welcome. We'll be watching all eight. And then we'll probably do like a full final wrap up of this entire season. Uh, So you'll probably get about, if there's eight, you'll get like nine covering kind of season two. And then we're definitely going to go back and rewatch because it's clear that we're opening up 
Pandora's box slowly, and I think it's going to really make those earlier episodes mean a lot more. Yeah, it might be fun to go back after the season and see if there's any clues or foreshadowing well they've already shown trailers now with more pictures of tom so the more that we get of tom i think we're gonna get a lot of tom i think it's gonna be a lot of the past and the future i think it's gonna be a lot of flashbacks um finding out a lot about the backstory kind of like i don't know i think that's effective way to tell stories like with lost i think in this kind of story lost vibes i think in this kind of story the way that this narrative is it really Brings a really great hook to the idea of what you're watching. I think at least so far, having seen what I saw here, let's say that's all we got. I mean, we did get a couple other little flashbacks of Tom, but if that was the first episode was that, then you need to give me so much more to fill in to get where we were. So dropping us in the middle of the story, uh, when they're on the precipice of landing that big moment at the um, state fair, and in those preceding weeks running up to it, I thought was really... It's really, really, really good storytelling. So I'm glad that it's like that. But I think as we get more of the picture of this whole thing together, it's really going to become a really good narrative. But I think it's better told this way, for sure. It definitely keeps me kind of poking around in my head. Like, what, what's really going on? You know, like, what's really happening here? Like, something else is driving all these characters and their motivations. So it's a lot of fun to unpack. It's like a little mystery inside this whole little yeah. world. Yeah. So we're glad you guys stuck around. Um, as as you know, uh, sh- please do send us an email with any updates, questions, things you want to add, talk about at, to beckyleftthechat at gmail.com. This, we're probably considering spinning this off into its own feed. Um, but if not, it will be on the Shoots and Ladders feed and it will be on Tuesdays on Shoots and Ladders where we'll be dropping our rewatch of Heels Season 2. Jen, anything else you want to tell the people? Where else can they find us? Oh, shoots and ladders on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's it, I think. That's it. And on yeah. DMX, shoots underscore ladders. DMX. Oh, and X. On X. Twitter X. I got to get him on the threads. We got to get on the thread. We do. Threads? Thread? Is it, is it, is it plural or is it single? I'm we really old and I don't know. We don't know. But Help. We're really glad threads. you guys. <laughs> threads. Threads. We're really glad you guys thread stuck around uh, to listen to us ramble about all this. We hope you had fun. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy the show. And yes. we big if shout out. If there's something out. you want us to cover, or we got something wrong, like I said, just hit us up at Becky Left the Chat at Gmail. Um, yeah, let us know your it. thoughts. Big shout out to the producers, writers, actors, caterers, set designers, mm-hmm. wrestling consultants, everybody involved with the show. We absolutely love it. There has not been a show that the two of us can agree that we've loved like this in a really long time. We really like Succession. Yeah, this is just so different, though. I know, but you're just seeing a show. It was like a drama show, too. Well, we, well I mean, listen, we, we've talked about it on other podcasts. Oh, we like The Bear, we like these other shows, but uh, this, this, is, this is something different because this really taps into your love Bear's of wrestling. Bear is phenomenal. But this taps into your love of wrestling and your love of that that drama, that family drama. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I would say there's way more family drama and way more small town drama in this than there is even wrestling, even though it's called Heels. Well, yeah, I think that's the point. I know, you and know, that's why it's great. That you we're know? all just really heels. <laughs> all of us. Well, from us to you. <laughs> With that deep thought, uh, I'm out. Shuffle your cards <laughs> and hopefully uh, you draw some spades. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>